0: Doing this and running a meeting this way requires you to believe in yourself and believe that you deserve to take up space. And most importantly, you are allowed to practice taking up space and practice being this way. Even if you don't feel like, quote unquote, fully there and fully confident, you are allowed to try these things on. You are allowed to experiment with new ways of being in a room and running a meeting so that these can become more natural to you over time. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik. And my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now onto the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited. I'm doing another solo episode this week. I'm talking about meetings which I could say a lot about, but today I'm talking about how to run them really powerfully. And I'm going to be going into both the mindset component, which is how you're thinking and feeling about yourself, and the action component, which is the action you take when you're running the meeting, because they're very closely connected. And what is so important for me to convey to you in an episode like this, and in a lot of the content that I create is The step-by-step is important, but I don't want you to get so mired in the step-by-step that you miss the bigger picture. And when it comes to running a meeting and being a powerful force in the room and kind of just like owning that room, commanding that room, it is less about doing the step-by-step perfectly and exactly right. And more about feeling into that bigger version of you, that version of you that isn't afraid to like be in that space, own that space. It's your meeting, you're running the thing. When you feel that sense of I am here, I am leading, this is my space, I am telling you what to do, I am in charge of the meeting, like when you're in that energy, the actions will come to you. So I'm going to be talking both about like the mindset slash energy and the actions, but I really want you to keep in mind that it's as much about being in that big energy and practicing that big energy as it is about following the exact step-by-step. But I know that the step-by-step is super helpful, and I think it also really helps you more vividly picture and understand what kind of energy you want to be in, like what that energy even is. Like, what do I even mean when I say have a big energy, be in that energy of leading the meeting? So I'm going to be explaining all of that to you. Before I dive in, I'm going to point you to some of my free resources. So I have a page, a relatively new page on my coaching website called Jessica's at Coaching slash free resources. And that is where you can get my free executive presence course, which is called Speak Like a CEO, which teaches you the three foundational skills of executive presence, the three things you want to be doing when you're speaking so that you land with strength and confidence and authority. And you will also find my free ebook, which is called The Smart Ambitious Woman's Guide to Assertiveness in the Workplace. And it's kind of a combo ebook slash workbook designed to help you work through the process of finding assertiveness, which I know can feel really treacherous and be really hard. You will find both of those on my website. And you'll also find links to join the free private Facebook group where you can connect with other people who listen to the show. If you are struggling with something, you can post it in there. And it's a pretty intimate group. So I for the size it is now, I am able to help almost everyone in there. So please feel free to join that community. Again, I will link the free resources page of my website below and you can find everything there. And now we're talking about meetings. I'm excited because even though, you know, if you get nervous running meetings and if it feels hard I just want you to know that that doesn't have to be forever. It doesn't have to be permanent. It really is possible for your mind and spirit and body to settle in to the feeling of being the person in charge, to settle into that role, for it to not feel so weird and strange and scary and uncomfortable. I know that it can feel that way. I remember – having this moment in my career, it was several years ago, where I had to lead a meeting. It was a three-person meeting. There were three people in the meeting. They were all one or two levels of tenure above me. I was the most junior. And I just remember on like Sunday evening, thinking about that meeting that I had on Monday that I had to run and like being so stricken with anxiety. And you know that feeling of dread when you remember the thing that is kind of like causing your dread and you're like, oh, no, it's coming. It's happening. I remember having that feeling. And I remember being in that meeting. For some reason, that one really stuck in my memory and just feeling so vulnerable and just like doing my best to run it, doing my best to show up, doing my best to kind of Ask these people who I perceived as so much more experienced than me, just to ask them for like what I needed from them and to lead them in this meeting. I felt so vulnerable and small in that space because they felt so much wiser and smarter and more experienced than I did. And I just remember how that was such a marker of where I was at that time. Where, you know, a a three person meeting felt really daunting and scary and hard. And it caused me anxiety and emotional disturbance. And now something of that size, that kind of meeting, I don't even like think about it or notice it. Like it's not even a thing. And it did take me time to get to that point. But what I think is so important for us to hold on to, for you to hold on to, I'm constantly holding on to this in my life as I challenge myself and grow and do scary things, is that we can grow. And things that are really, really hard over time, they can become easier. That is possible. And I think the more that we're really willing to believe that, and to suspend the the doubt and the fearful thoughts of like, well, what if this always feels hard? What if this never gets easy? I think the more we're, we're able to take that courageous leap of like, well, maybe I can, maybe it is possible, maybe I can do it. I think the faster we end up growing, and I think it's so important for you as you are finding your voice, as you are finding comfort, as you are learning to work through the nerves and the things that are hard, it is so important for you to hold that vision of what you could be, of who you want to be, of how you know you could be in the room, even if you're not there yet. And this is so hard for your brain, right? It is so hard for your brain to believe without a ton of robust evidence. And yet that is one of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself and one of the most courageous, act of self-love that you can do for yourself is to decide that you want to believe that change is possible for you and to decide that you want to believe that you can learn to find comfort and confidence and a sense of being okay and safe in your body when you are in these rooms and in some of these spaces that feel big or hard or scary. I know it can feel so daunting I know it can feel so hard, and yet I want to push you to take that act of courage, which is really just an internal act of saying, well, maybe I'm not going to always be this way. Maybe I can change. Maybe I can evolve past this. I've seen it with myself. I've seen it with the women that I support. It is so possible, but you have to be willing to believe that you're not stuck. And with that, I'm going to be sharing with you some thoughts on how to run a really powerful meeting and how to run your meetings in a way that exudes confidence and really helps people see you as the leader. And this is kind of a deep dive into what I talked about in my executive presence course, Speak Like a CEO. So in Speak Like a CEO, I really talk about the mechanics of speaking. So what I'm teaching and Speak Like a CEO, the executive presence course, it's at the level of like the sentence. <laughs> like I'm telling you, for the sentence that you say in the meeting, this is what you want to include in that sentence. So it's very granular at the sentence level. Today's episode is zoomed out, and it's at the level of like the entire meeting. So it's a little bit zoomed back, and both are really, really important. They're just very different skills that's just to put this in context. So I want to talk about running meetings and to really help you understand what I mean when I say that you want your energy to be powerful and you want to have the energy of a leader when you're running a meeting. To help you understand what I mean by that, I want to walk you through a fictional scenario of one of my favorite things ever, restaurants, which feels so exciting to get to go to. They're opening up and things have been great. But I really want you to think about two different experiences that you can have at a restaurant. So you can go to a restaurant and you can like come towards, you know, the entrance and you're going in to get seated and there's no hostess and you're like standing there and you're thinking, am I supposed to seat myself? Am I just supposed to stand here? Like, What am I supposed to do? And eventually you figure it out and you sit down And then there's no waiter and there's no menu and you're sitting at the table. And again, like same question, what am I supposed to do? And then the waiter brings the menu, but you have no idea when they're going to be back to take your order. And the experience is very, very different from the experience you have when you go to a restaurant where you walk in, the host or hostess greets you right away, right? They tell you exactly what you need to know. They walk you to your table. You have your menus. The waiter comes by right away you're going to have a very different experience in that second restaurant because you're being really well taken care of. The restaurant really has a command on the overall experience that you are having from the time that you walk in to the time that you sit down to the time that you order to the time that you consume your meal and pay your bill and take the little candy that they put in the bill and leave the restaurant, right? So a really well-run restaurant is kind of thinking about your end-to-end experience and they're making sure that from the moment you walk in to the moment you walk out, you never have that sense of like, what's happening? What am I doing here? Is someone going to come take my order? Am I wasting my time? Should I leave, right? You're never going to have those kinds of thoughts because they've mapped that customer journey And they're showing up for you, whether it's the waiter or the host, or maybe you're getting your car from the valet or whatever, if it's a nice restaurant, right? Like everything is a well-oiled machine. And when I talk to you about being a powerful energy and running your meetings as a leader, what I am talking about is you showing up in a way in the meetings that you run, showing up in a way that, that creates that kind of experience for the people who attend your meetings. The stronger presence you have and the stronger energy that you lead the meeting from, the more your attendees are going to have that really awesome experience where they feel totally taken care of. They feel like it's an excellent use of their time. They are enjoying the experience. It feels structured. It feels productive. It feels organized. The more that you show up as a powerful commanding presence leading your meetings, the more that they're going to have that positive experience versus when you aren't in the energy of like, this is my meeting, this is my space, I am leading this thing and I'm going to make sure this thing runs like a well-oiled machine. When you're not in that energy, your attendees can have more of an experience of the restaurant where like no one's seating you and then no one's bringing the menu and then like your food never comes and they bring you the wrong order. And so what I'm trying to guide you towards and help you evolve towards is running your meetings like a well-oiled machine, like a beautiful restaurant that has this seamless end-to-end experience because people will then begin to associate that experience with you. And, you know, when you go to a restaurant and the food's good, but the whole experience is like really all over the place. Versus maybe you went to a restaurant where the food was not bad, but maybe just like one level below, but you had a great experience overall, you are going to have different thoughts about the two restaurants, right? So it's not just about the food. And you know what this means for you is it's not just about the content. It's about the entire experience and the entire energy that you create around your meeting. And this is something that you can start practicing and you could really be intentional about and be mindful of no matter what your starting point is, don't wait to feel confident to try the things that I'm going to share in today's episode. Start trying them now because they're the things that are going to make you confident, right? So it's so easy to get into this catch 22 of, okay, I'm going to do these things that Jess says when I'm feeling like having a great day and I'm feeling really awesome and big and confident. No, you want to just try them as soon as you have the opportunity because they're what are going to bring you the confidence. And with that, I want to explain something that's really, really, really important that underlies everything that I'm sharing in this episode that is literally so, so, so important, which is that all the steps I'm going to share and all the suggestions I'm going to share and all of the things that you need to do to really have your meeting run like that restaurant and have your attendees have this very positive experience and productive experience in your presence, all of these things come from how you are feeling. And when you have strong belief in yourself and your ability to run a meeting, your ability to keep the train on the tracks, then you're going to take all of these actions because you're in that energy. But it requires you to be leaning in more. It requires you to be taking up more space. It requires you to have a larger presence in the room. When you feel smallness wash over you or fear wash over you, it tends to make you shrink back and lean lean back and kind of get really small. And that will make you less proactive and less of a strong commanding presence in the meeting, which is going to create a little more disorganization and a little more chaos in the meeting. Versus when you're taking up space and commanding that meeting and leading that meeting, you're going to be more hands-on and intentional in the way you run it, and therefore it's going to go more smoothly. Which means that doing this and running a meeting this way requires you to believe in yourself and believe that you deserve to take up space, you are allowed to take up space, And most importantly, you are allowed to practice taking up space and practice being this way, even if you don't feel like, quote unquote, fully there and fully confident. You are allowed to try these things on. You are allowed to experiment with new ways of being in a room and running a meeting so that these can become more natural to you over time. So I really want you to give yourself permission to try this out. Regardless of what your starting point is, regardless of where you're at, find small ways to bring these things into your meetings and I promise you they will run smoother and you will come off so much better and it's also gonna help you so much with your confidence building journey. And with that, I'm going to get into what I suggest you do to help people have that really strong experience. So the first thing that I want you to do is get really intentional about the vibe and the mood of your meetings. This is super, super important. And I hate, I like viscerally, passionately, passionately, I'm being so dramatic. But I hate the word personal brand. And I'm trying to think of a way to explain this without using the term personal brand. Let me back up. So the reason that it's important for you to decide the vibe and the mood that you want for your meetings is because when people experience this consistently, that's what you will be known as. So if your meetings are more, let's say, like, I don't know, militaristic and like they're always like everything's on time and whatever – you're going to be known as that, right? Versus if your meetings are more fun and more, almost like a party, then you're going to be known for that. And so that's why personal brand came to mind. I just hate that term, but let's, let's actually just call it authenticity. And let's just call this you being you and you getting really tapped into and tuned into what kind of mood and vibe for you feels good for a meeting. It could be, like I said, very much like on time, very practical, very efficient. We're getting all the things done. We're not wasting any time. That's great. It could be warm and welcoming and a little bit softer. You can lead powerfully from a place of softness. It could also be more fun. And maybe you want your meetings to feel like the ones that aren't super boring, right? And the ones that people get excited about when they see it on their calendar. I just want you to think of how could you bring more of you into your meeting? And this requires some reflection on like what makes you special and what makes you you. And I know so many of you are super efficient and you have like such a beautiful work ethic. And so maybe your meetings are about bringing more of that out and really showing people that you get things done and you get things done on time, right? Or maybe you're more like me, where at the core of my personality is play and joy and fun. And so that's something that I have always tried to bring into the spaces that I'm in because it's who I am, right? Um, or maybe you are wanting to be a really heart-centered, compassionate leader. And it's so important for you to make people feel welcome and make sure everyone's like good and taken care of and comfortable. And I think that that's awesome, too. There is really no right way, and I think that that's so important. It's really just about being intentional and exploring who you are and realizing that when you don't bring any sort of intention into your meetings and you just kind of go through the motions, you miss an opportunity to show more of you. You miss an opportunity to really help people understand your superpowers, your strengths, the things about you that make you special. I often think of meetings, I say this all the time, but I think of them as a stage and you're on stage and it's like, show them your talent, like show them your hula hoop routine, show them your fire juggling, whatever your special thing is about you, bring it out, show it, make it a part of your meeting. You will have so much more fun. It will be such a long-term confidence builder because you'll feel like, oh, I'm just being myself, like I'm showing people who I am. And it's also going to bring an interpersonal like connectedness and specialness to the feeling of your meetings because you're bringing more of you. And that's going to help people in your spaces feel comfortable bringing more of them. And so this seemingly like little tidbit of advice, decide the vibe and the mood that you want for the meeting is actually one of the most important things that you can do because at our core, we're all human. And even though we're in, you know, you, not me anymore, but you're like in this workplace and maybe it's like, it's a little bit less personal because it's work and not like home life or being with friends or whatever. At our core, humans are relational. We relate to each other. We form connections. We form bonds. And those connections and those bonds are going to have a huge impact, huge, huge, huge impact on your career trajectory. And they get built in subtle ways. Bonds between people aren't just built in like, oh, can I ask you for coffee? Can I buy you a coffee? Although that's great. They get built in these small moments, these instances of us connecting with people just by being more of ourselves. And so I really want you to see every meeting as a stage, an opportunity for people to see you, get to know you, connect with you, be so excited to be in your meetings because they know that every time they're in your meeting, it's going to be super productive or it's going to be super light and fun or they're going to feel super welcome or whatever it is you want to bring with you to that meeting. So that is my first suggestion for you. My second suggestion for you, and this one is really important, and I know that this is hard for many people, which is the time period when everyone's joining the meeting and there's small talk and all of these things. I will probably do an entire episode just on that because there's so much just like that is such a loaded topic, the small talk before the meeting begins. So I think that needs its own episode. But what I want to tell you for this is if it's your meeting and people are joining, it is as if they're coming into your home because it's your meeting. It's your space. So just like you wouldn't welcome people into your home for a party and just you wouldn't just like open the door and then like not say anything to them, right? Like if you welcomed someone into your home, you would say, hi, come in, come to the living room. Do you want a drink? Take off your shoes, whatever. Like you'd greet them and bring them in. And when it's your meeting, I want you to think of it as you're welcoming them into your house. So as people are joining, say hello, welcome them in, say hi, right? And it's going to create so much more openness, so much more warmth, so much more connectedness in the room. These small things have an impact. They diffuse some of that awkward tension. And as soon as you (laughs) experience that, you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to do this every time, right? Because none of us want more awkward tension. I think we have enough of that. And so as people are coming in, say hello to them. Even if it's just a quick hello, it doesn't have to be a big thing, but they're coming into your space. So just keep that in mind. And don't wait for them to say hello to you. You know what I mean? It's your meeting. Like, you wouldn't open the door to your house and wait for someone to say hi to you. You know, like, they're coming into your space. And I think that's so important. And it's such a confidence builder because it shows you and it shows everyone. This is my meeting. This is my space. I'm in charge of the space. I'm welcoming everyone into the space. So, like, from that energy and confidence perspective, it is so important. Okay. That's the second one. The third thing is closely related, and this is as people join, let them know what to expect in the immediate, immediate term. So, if you always start your meetings on time, and that is the thing that you do, start your meetings on time, tell everyone that you're starting the meeting on time, and that you will just continue talking as people join. If you are not going to start the meeting on time and you are going to wait three minutes, five minutes, whatever, until X number of people are there, let everyone know. Tell everyone what to expect. Again, it's like when, you know, when you're a guest in someone's house and you're like hungry and they're like sort of cooking and you're like, when are we going to eat? Are we eating now? Are we eating in two hours? You want people to know. You don't want to keep people waiting and uncertain. You want people to know what to expect. So in addition to welcoming people in tell them, I like to get my meeting started on time. We have a lot to cover. So I'm going to dive into it. And as people join, they can ask questions if they need to get caught up. Or you can say, I'm going to give us until five after the hour, and then I'll get started. So feel free to take a minute before we begin. Or you can say, I'm going to start, you know, as soon as the majority of people are here or whatever works for you and whatever you like to do. And I also suggest just picking one thing that feels good and just doing that every time so that you can get really used to it and so that your brain can get used to it. And it'll become uh, more natural much faster if you just pick one thing and like that's how you start your meetings, like whether you start them on time or you wait and that's your thing and you let people know. And by the way, this is so helpful for people. Because then people know you always start your meetings on time and you will see people will join your meetings on time if they know that you always start them on time. Or if people know that they have a few minutes to catch up, then they can turn their camera off and like go grab something to eat. Right. So you're doing the, your attendees a favor by sharing this with them. And then they have a better experience. Just like when you go to the restaurant, you have that better experience. So that's the next one. Um, okay. Number four is this is when you're starting the meeting and getting into the content. So we've gotten past the vibe, welcoming people in and telling people when you're going to start. You want to be really, really clear about two things, the result that needs to happen from the meeting and what you need from everyone there. So you can be – this is such a good place to practice the assertiveness muscle, the directiveness muscle, the muscle of like – I am in charge. Therefore, I am going to tell you what to do, which that can be so uncomfortable. And I've been there and it can feel like, Oh my gosh, like I'm being so mean or like I'm being so serious or I'm being so commanding. That can feel hard, but this is such a great place to practice kind of a softened milder version, which is you want to let everyone know in addition to what is the result that you want to get from the meeting. Tell everyone what you need from them. For example, do you just need them to listen and hold their questions until you get through a certain amount of content? Do you need everyone to actually be actively contributing their ideas? Do you need everyone to be sharing an assignment they did or something that they did that they're bringing to the meeting and now everyone's coming together? Do you need people to listen and be on the lookout for red flags that might you know, impact them and their team because that's what you need to know from them? I want you to really think about what you need them to be doing in the meeting, and I want you to let them know. And I really want you to think of this as you are doing a favor to them. It is so nice when we get told what to do right? Just like it's so nice when you're sitting in the restaurant and you know, okay, now it's time to order because like the waiter just brought the menu and he said he's going to come back in two minutes or she said she's going to come back in two minutes. You know, it feels good to have that clarity, to have that direction. And so when you share that with people, for you, it might feel like, oh, I'm being bossy, quote unquote, but I really want you to just think about how helpful it is for someone to know that this is how they're expected to engage in the meeting because there are so many meetings, so many meetings where no one's told how to engage. There are no expectations set. Everything's disorganized. It's chaotic. You become the person (laughs) who makes it really clear to people and your meetings become more productive because you have set the expectation. You have told people exactly what you need from them. And that is so, so helpful. That is especially helpful for busy executives, busy leaders who have a lot of mental cognitive load that they're experiencing. And then they come into your room, into your meeting, and you tell them exactly when you're going to start and you're crystal clear about the results for the meeting and you tell everyone in the meeting exactly how to engage. That is a gift to them because then they're like, great. I get to just sit back and listen or they're like, okay, I need to focus. She needs my input, right? They know that they can cue themselves up and prepare themselves. And that is really, really helpful for them. So again, these are small things, but they make a huge difference. They make such a big difference. That was number four. Okay, number, no, that was, yeah, that was number four. Number five. If you get derailed. (laughs) So I'm telling you in this episode to like be a confident presence and like run the meeting with, you know, this power and taking up space and being the person in charge and and taking these actions that really reinforce you as the person in charge. And that being said, there's a difference between being in, in charge and leading and showing up leading and then like trying to control the meeting. So those are two different things. So you can show up and do all the things to make your meeting the way that you want it and you're in a room with humans and humans are unpredictable and like shit happens, right? And so no matter how well you command your space and no matter how well you lead and run in these spaces, you will get derailed. People will go down rabbit holes, things will come up, like it's going to happen, right? And so that's okay. But what you need to do as the person whose meeting it is, is you first internally need to make a clear choice in your mind about the rabbit hole or about the detour that you see happening in your meeting. You need to make a judgment call in the moment. Is this rabbit hole slash detour important and should we continue going down this rabbit hole or do I need to tell everyone that we need to table the rabbit hole for later and address it in a separate setting because it's actually detracting from the purpose of the meeting. And so you need to make your decision. And then you need, as the leader of the meeting, you need to communicate that to everyone so that everyone's clear, so that they know either, okay, we're all rabbit holing together. We are, we have all consented and we're going in the rabbit hole because that is really important to do right now or you bring people back to the purpose of the meeting. Again, by doing this, you are reinforcing your role as the leader, as the authority, as the person in charge. It doesn't mean you can't go down the rabbit hole. Sometimes there are times when it makes sense to do something called like releasing the agenda. You have a plan, you have an agenda, and you learn new information that makes you realize that you actually are going to depart from that agenda. And Sometimes you have to do that. And that's not a bad thing. You're going to make that judgment call. And by the way, there is no right or perfect answer. You just make the best judgment call that you can make in the moment. But when you say that, when you tell everyone we are going down this rabbit hole, and as the leader of the meeting, you clarify that for the room What you're telling people is I see this rabbit hole, I see what is happening, I am still in charge, everything is still okay. So when you see this happening, I want you to explicitly call it out and share your perspective with everyone on whether we go down the rabbit hole, we're going in together, or we're going to table it for another time. And if you're not sure you can raise that. That's okay. You don't have to have all the answers. You can say, I'm noticing that we're going in this new direction, and I'm wondering if we should table this or not. And then you can get input and help from other people. So you don't always have to have all of the answers, but see if you do. Because often what I see with people is they're not using their judgment enough. They're thinking that they don't know the answer. They're thinking that they don't know what to do. But when you really push your brain and ask, like, well, if I had to decide what to do, could I figure it out? You usually can come up with something. So I think it's always good to push your thinking to just that next level. Okay, the last thing is just end with a really, really clear direction for everyone on two things, what you're going to do next and what they're going to do next. Really, really, really important. People say that they're going to do things and we trust that they're going to do things. However, when you repeat back what other people will do and what you will do, it solidifies it and fewer things will fall through the cracks. And once again, it's your chance at the very end of that meeting to reinforce that you are in charge. This is your space and you have everything under control. And all of these things that I suggested, being intentional about your mood, welcoming people in, letting everyone know when you're starting, telling people what you need from them, calling it out if the meeting gets derailed, ending with clear next steps and what you're going to do and what they're going to do. All of these things come from the energy of this is my meeting. This is my room. I am taking up the space because this is my space to take up. So I just want you to start to notice and be aware of how you feel in a room And notice if you back away or move away from doing any of these things because they feel like taking up more space. You know, they feel like you're exposing yourself. They feel more vulnerable. They feel harder. There's nothing wrong if that's happening, right? It's a growing pain. It's a phase that you are moving through until you get to a point where you can do these things really, really comfortably. But you need to be aware without judgment, right? This is non-judgmental awareness. You need to be aware of how you are in a meeting and how you are running the room in your default state so that you can decide if you want to take up more space and be a bit more of a stronger driving presence in that room. And I gave you a lot of steps. And if it feels like a lot, or maybe this is a big leap from where you are, it just depends on your growth journey and where you're at. But if it feels like a lot, then just pick one. Just pick one and practice that one and build some confidence and show yourself that you can take up a little more space. You can kind of show up in that slightly bigger way. And then when you're ready, add in another one right? So some of you listening, I know you're going to be like, I'm going to do them all at once. I'm going to write them down and I'm going to do them all and that's great. Like if that feels good, amazing. And if that feels like a lot for you and if taking up that space and being big in that way feels hard, pick one that feels good to you as a starting point and celebrate yourself just for trying. It's so great when we get the outcome we want, But when we celebrate ourselves for trying, we send ourselves the message that we are always growing no matter the outcome. And when we believe that we're always growing no matter the outcome, we don't give up as quickly. And in fact, we might not give up at all because we believe that we're evolving and you you are evolving. Trying something and doing it imperfectly is farther ahead than not trying it at all. (laughs) But I think we forget that because our minds don't like our minds don't like the consequence of failure, right? So there's a part of us that's like, okay, I will do the thing, but only if it goes perfectly. And if it doesn't go perfectly, that means it was bad advice. And I never should have done it in the first place, right? Like that is the very fear driven part of us. And you don't want that part to dictate how much time and space you give yourself to practice these things. Because I guarantee you with enough practice, these things can feel easy and they will go quote unquote the way that you want them to. If you give yourself enough time to grow into them and for them to become comfortable. Okay. So I'm going to give you like the rundown summary of the steps that I shared. And they are one, decide the vibe and mood of your meeting, which I think is like the most fun one personally. Number two, welcome people as they are joining, as if they are coming to like a gathering or party in your house because they are coming to a gathering. It's just not a party. It's your meeting. (laughs) Number three, be really clear with everyone on when you're going to start the meeting so that they know. Number four, tell everyone the result that you want from the meeting and exactly how you want them to participate in the meeting. Number five, if the meeting gets derailed... Decide whether you want to go down the rabbit hole or not and tell everyone your decision. And number six, end the meeting by letting everyone know what you're going to do and what they're going to do, even if it feels repetitive. There are so many best practices in communicating and leading that feel repetitive. So something feeling repetitive is not a problem. (laughs) So if summarizing the next steps feels repetitive, it's not. It's a good thing to do. It creates clarity for everyone in the room. It strengthens that agreement that we all made that we're all doing these things. So it's really, really, really important. Okay, that brings me to the end. I would love to know what you thought of this. I would love to get in touch with you. As always, I'm going to put my contact information in the show notes. If you want one-on-one support with me and you want to work together with me on your professional growth, check out my five-month private coaching program. This is where we partner together and I help you with your voice. I help your voice get stronger. I help you elevate your communication skills so that you can feel really powerful when you are communicating and when you're in a room, similar to what I talked about in today's episode. I help you with your confidence and I help you learn how to feel powerful from the inside out so that you can stop letting fear keep you from taking a lot of the steps that are really going to further your career. And lastly, I help you with your career path and I help you feel ready and get ready for whatever your next role might be. I know that uh, you know, a promotion or a bigger role, it can feel scary when it's something that you haven't done before and that fear can sometimes cause you not to be truthful with yourself about what you really want because it feels like maybe you can't do it or maybe it'll be too hard or maybe you won't succeed. And when we work together, it is really important for me and for you that we are building the foundation so that by the end of our work together – you are able to declare what you want and know what you want without being so afraid that you can't do it or that you're not good enough. So we fill in the gaps in your skills and your confidence so that you feel ready and you feel like you can handle that next thing. That is what we do when we work together one-on-one. And you can learn more at JessicaZachCoaching.com/coaching. I will link that below. And please feel free to say hi to me. I will link my social media below. And that brings us to the end. And I hope that things are going okay. Be patient with yourself. Allow things to go slowly. And know that just because you had one bad meeting, or one thing felt bad, or one thing didn't go well, that doesn't have to dictate what happens next, and that doesn't have to become your predominant story. You are allowed to bounce back. You are allowed to be resilient. And you are allowed to mess things up repeatedly. That is okay. That is part of the process. And I guarantee you it's not as bad as your mind is telling you it is. I know it can feel really heavy sometimes when things don't go well. And so often we're getting really, really, really stuck in our dark stories. And we can't see that we're, we are going to be okay. And we're going to weather the storm and grow through it. So bring yourself back to that. It's so good to be talking to you. I hope that you're doing well and good luck putting this into practice. All right. Talk soon. Bye.